to this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And we are so happy you all are tuned in to another fun-filled episode. With Hello, gang. With the gang. Gang, gang. Mm-hmm. Gang, gang. Um, how are you this week? I am... Wah! That's how I feel. Like every current, every time I turn the corner, I get my ass beat by somebody. <laughs> I can't get a break. I can't catch a fucking break. <laughs> Not every corner. Every time I turn the corner, somebody. Oh, I was every time I turn the corner, a bitch, a big bitch swing on me. <laughs> if I get hit swinging on a big bitch, <laughs> I'm definitely getting hit swinging on a big bitch. And the big bitch is life. The big bitch is like, <laughs> I've been getting like, I've been getting tussled around and mm-hmm. I'm still here. <laughs> exactly. Still here. exactly. That's all that matters. That is That's all that matters. That's all that matters. The bottom black ass line. <sighs> so uh, let's just get into the show, shall we? Let's deep dive in. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> I was looking. For, I was looking at for my fave four, um, and I <laughs> just seen something in my notes, and it's a list of things I'm too fat for. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's it's something I'm making a TikTok about. It'll make sense, but. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna trust the process here. <laughs> you got it. That sounds yeah. I, I got to at this point. I was um, like, "What the hell?" Let's get into the phase four, shall we? <laughs> yes, let's get into the phase four. So, phase four, four hopes and wishes for our thirties. Yeah. Um, because um, I am thirty. Um, and then Iman will be soon. All right. You were so fake. You were like, yeah, because I'm in my 30s or everything. I just don't like when other people say it. I don't know what it is. Like, as soon as other people be like, you 30, I'm like, let's just pump the brakes. Because it's internalized ageism. Just let me enjoy my time here. Anyway, okay, so I'm 30. Um, I'm in my tw- and, and I'm in my 20s. And Iman is in her, she's barely in her 20s. She's hanging on. Fighting for my life in my 20s. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, um, hopes and wishes for the 30s. Um, for me, I would say mental stability. Like, I know it's not like being, like, you know, being happy, quote unquote, is not a destination. And that's just not realistic because, you know, we are multi-faced people. Like, you know, some things happen. You can't be happy all the time. Um, but I want to be able to handle, you know, things that are thrown my way better um so that's what i mean great job already just from 20 to 30 because i feel like you never was like unhinged mess but just normal just i would say just a normal mentally ill person like you you were just normal with it that's true but the stuff i be saying the conversations (laughs) and the rules that i make up in my head are if i said them out loud i feel like everybody would be like what the fuck you got better, um, you got better yeah. for sure. So that's what I I need to do better in that department, mm-hmm. um, because I've definitely wow. I've definitely said something off the wall before I even got on the mic. But <laughs> um, 
about myself again. <laughs> um, the second thing is financial freedom. Like, I really want to, and I feel like in the the category of financial freedom that um will be like you know with Black Girl Brunch doing successful that like will be able to put money in my pockets. Um, and yes, I am ignoring my dog barking, and you should too. <laughs> oh yeah, I wasn't um, even paying so, attention. <laughs> yeah, ignoring. But um, yeah. So financial freedom has to do with like you know. Black Girl Bunch blossoming, blossoming, hopefully, um, you know, you know, I'm not going to say hopefully, I'm going to say I am, you know, be writing on a TV show, you know, and being able to benefit from that financially, because though these are two things that I genuinely enjoy um, and I want to do, you know, as a job. So I feel like with that, you know, for me, that would be financial freedom and that would probably help my mental stability too, because I'll be doing two things that I want to do. Because you know, as much as we like talk about like entertainment stuff, myself and Iman both want to work in the entertainment business. Like that's like you know an end goal for us. Yeah. Um, Always and been. change the you know entertainment industry. Um, so yeah, those two things, I feel like they go hand in hand, like mental stability, financial freedom. And I really see that for myself in my thirties. Um, also, uh, this is probably like the end of my thirties, I would say going into my forties. Whoa. But, um, I would say like working on having my own family, Mm -hmm. um, that's, is something that would be very exciting for me. Um, I'm looking forward to definitely when I have my mental stability and financial freedom. And I feel like I wrote these things like kind of in order, um, unintentionally, but yeah, I would like to be having, and like sometimes having a family of your own doesn't even mean like, you know, having children is like, could be you and your partner. Mm -hmm. Like that's your family. So like, I would like something, you know, I would, like to be working towards that and also the last one um is love and that doesn't mean just like romantically just overall like going through from now to the end of my 30s I want to be surrounded with love I want to give out love I want to be loved and I want to love so now going in my 30s I'm not afraid to like say things like that out loud and I want to be honest about it um, and yeah, I just want to like go, I want to do things with love. Like I want to love to be like, to motivate me. So yeah, that's the four things that I want going into. Yeah. What you about to make me cry. That was what? beautiful. That was fucking beautiful. I like leaned in. I was like, yeah, all those things. Absolutely. Yup. Shit, I don't need to even say mine. I might as well, we might as well shut the mic off. <laughs> Pack this shit up. Because all you need is fucking love. That's it. Exactly. That's the one and the two. Exactly. Oh my God. So mines are somewhat, I guess this is a great sign. Maybe this is a great sign that we are going to have a good future as friends because my goals for my 30s are very similar. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're very similar, but like our journey sometimes and our, how we picture things are what's different. So for me, I want to be in the best health of my life going into my, I want to be in the best health of my life because I feel like I have gone through so many different journeys, um, within fitness and so I always had the best intention, but you know, you got to learn. They don't call it a fitness journey for a reason. And mm-hmm. I've been learning for a long time yeah. habits that 
habits that I knew, there are some things I knew were wrong, but I kind of were doing them anyway. Like Mm -hmm. I knew it was wrong to like, just want to work out to be a certain body, but Mm -hmm. I kept, I couldn't help myself because that body was just what I wanted so bad. But I have had to go through a few things. I've had to get a body and not be healthy and I have energy to realize, oh, this is why someone told me earlier, what you don't, what you don't hear, you will feel. So Mm -hmm. sometimes if you don't listen to things, you have to get there, you have to experience it yourself. And that will be the thing to get you to understand why everybody is saying, hey, don't do it for this reason. Hey, don't do it for that reason. So Mm -hmm. I felt it. And now I get to take everything I've learned, bring it into my 30s. And it's going to be really important in your 30s, too, because, like, you change. Like your body changes as you get older. Your energy changes as you get older. Mm-hmm. So it's even more of a reason to take care of yourself. I think I'm realizing that I will keep getting older. Like, this is what's going to happen in the body that I, you know, have with me now is somewhat, it's going to be the exact same body that I have when I'm 50 and 60 in a sense that it'll just it'll feel all the trauma that I put it through. So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you take care of yourself, mind, body, soul, so that by the time you get to be 60, 70, 80, because that is a blessing, you have done the best you could to carry around that body for all that time. Like that is so like, just like profound to think about, mm-hmm. like how you have the same body for your whole life and you just need to take care of it the best you can and do things for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Um, second for me is going to be money. Um, it's not simply money is a tool, like money is a tool. Um, and it's nice when you can take care of yourself, like that whole, again, I want to be the healthiest version of myself, the society and the world we live in, you can't do that without having the funds to do it. And for the first time in my life, I've been able to work hard and play hard because for a very long time, it was just work hard. It was no play hard because I really couldn't afford to play hard. Like sometimes I wonder it was our homebody because that was the only thing I could afford or it was a homebody because I'm an introvert. Like, I don't know. So now I'm just like really realizing the importance of financial stability and not necessarily, oh, being rich, which is like, hell yeah, absolutely. I'd love it. But stability, what what does stability mean? Stability means you can have an accident and you'll be okay. You know, stability means you can be a little, you could be irresponsible and now you don't have to like panic about, you know, your livelihood in any way. So now that I've got a taste of this, I just want to continue to build on it and just truly, truly be like stable and, and always financially. The third thing I'm going to put is um, just my relationships, because when I talk about relationships, I'm talking about like my relationship with my family, my relationship with my friends, my relationship with like my like a romantic partner and hopefully a relationship with my like children at some point in my 30s. I want them to all be thriving. I want them to be a number my number one priority. Um I've changed so much like from being the person who kind of is known for setting people straight to being the person who is known for giving people grace and understanding and trying to see things their way and trying to like uh increase the peace. And I never thought I would like it being here. I never thought I would like it, but I just feel like in life, all you have is your your relationships make life. It's the number one thing. It's the most important thing. And we can't all be the same. So I have tried, I have like 
took a, a little silent pledge that the people I love, I'm going to make it work with them as long as they don't ever do no shit that's disloyal to me. You know, as long as they don't steal from me, as long as they don't hurt me, as long as they don't harm me. But if they just do things that I disagree with or they're a little messy, like I'm about to ignore it or, or set them straight in a way that is productive, not purely for my ego and mm-hmm. really try to increase, like you said, the love in my family. I just think I get so worried about being how I am sometimes and being a parent because your child won't be who you want them to be. They're going to be their mm-hmm. own person. So yeah. it's like, I really want to get good at respecting people and meeting them where they are and loving them regardless of what they do for me. Um, so that when I have children, I can make sure that I'm like prepared to be like a healthy, healthy parent. So yeah, mm-hmm. my I'm going to start prioritizing my relationships in a way like never before and trying to hold on to them for the rest of my life. And then um, finally, I just hope I can keep growing like mentally and spiritually. Actually, I know I will because I'll prioritize it. But like, Again, I, I just was such an anxious 19-year-old and early 20-year-old because I had no tools. Like, I had no tools to know how to cope. And, you know, nobody from where I'm from really had the tools to know how to cope. You know, when people get mad, they fight. They curse. They yell. They scream. They go off. And I started to learn not only in the real world can't you do that, but that doesn't feel good. That doesn't make you feel any better. Um, so I just want to continue to develop tools so that by the time I'm 40 years old, I'm far away from some of the mindsets I grew up with. Like I want them to, I want to feel like that was a different person. Mm -hmm. I want to be like someone who was so calm and relaxed and tranquil, but, and I'm, but I'm on my way there. And if I could do a bonus, I don't want to ever lose my, my youthfulness or I don't want us to lose our youthfulness. Like I love being able to like laugh and joke and kiki and I don't want my maturity to get in the way of it ever. So that's the other thing. And I feel like since our, like our parents are like, well, in particular, like our moms are like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we don't, that's something that we don't really have to worry about because our, like, never forget your mom made me laugh so hard I almost threw up. <laughs> so, that's and that's never, nobody my age has ever done it. <laughs> yeah, my mom got something so, older. So, like, yeah, for sure. That's facts. Facts. So, yeah, I feel like in that department, we really don't have to worry about, you know. Oh, yeah, you are right. <laughs> what was I thinking? We're going to be funny and youthful <laughs> to the very end. <laughs> yeah. What was I worried about? Yeah. All right. Well, that was it, y'all. That was the toast for assist. Tell us your hopes and wishes for your next decade, whichever that decade is. Um, now let's get into pray for assist, okay? So this week we want to pray for the victims of um, the Buffalo massacre that took place over the weekend leaving 10 um, black people dead and a few injured and so many more traumatized and hurt and in mourning. Um, I know it's been a very, very, very rough week for uh, black people, in particular, the family and friends and just loved ones of the victims. It's in the community. In the community of Buffalo. It, it's so just... This, I didn't know if you knew it was a... It's basically a food desert. That was the only place that they had to buy groceries. And now they're especially not safe in walking there. distance. They're yeah. not safe there. I was actually reading um about 
the, one of the victims uh, was a grandmother. She was coming from visiting her husband at a nursing home and she stopped to the grocery store to get something to eat. Well, she um, was one of the victims. She was murdered and her granddaughter is a diversity and inclusion and belonging practitioner. And she just thought like, wow, imagine spending your whole career talking about white supremacy only for it to come this close to your front door. And so she was just like, you know, we got to take action right now. We got to support this community because I'm feeling it. I know what's going on. And she mentioned like one of the things you could do is donate to like a bunch of different food organizations in the community because it is a food desert. That was the only market. And now people, of course, it's, it's a trauma dump zone at yeah. this point. So that was one of the ways mentioned to help the community. But it, it's, it's absolutely numbing how things like this are just happening and how much hate people are filled with uh, towards how much hate towards black people. It's just insane. Mm -hmm. So um, praying for everyone uh, impacted and encouraging everyone to take extra care of themselves right now, because, you know, it, it's just, again, the constant worrying about our safety, our loved one's safety. It, it's, it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. So we're going to move into tea time. First, we want to talk about uh, Diddy. Diddy is just a messy, messy, messy man. Messy bird right there. <laughs> that is definitely the messiest queen in hip-hop and R&B um, across the board. One For thing sure. about him, I really do think he gets a rise out of, like, Chaos. being a ladies' man, quote-unquote. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, <laughs> it's just sick to me and yeah i feel like he want like again sorry eric because he is a scorpio but he's a scorpio man so if you know anything about scorpios that you know that he loves this chaos he loves it yes he Scorp loves it scorpio men love for um they love to see women fight <laughs> exactly he probably was having so much fun today he probably was having <laughs> so much fun today and the crazy thing is so what happened was um, I don't even know the girl's name. So I got I have an article from TMZ here. <laughs> Thank All you. Right, cause so I was I literally wrote on the outline some random girl. <laughs> yeah, you because you we know that you are we both are team young Miami, no matter what. No matter what, no matter what. So in one corner, this is the article City Girl Rapper Young Miami, and on in the others, Diddy Muse is Diddy's Muse model Gina. Film, Miami was at the something as a presenter while Gina was very interested spectator. She posted from the show saying baby daddy is hosting billboards. <laughs> so that's what happened. So Diddy after party hard Sunday. <laughs> Diddy after party hard Sunday night with young Miami, but things got messy Tuesday when <laughs> Gina shared a pic of brother loves lit on her cheek and prompted young Miami to fire off more than a few subtweets. So young Miami says, somebody please give this bitch some attention. Notice me, please notice me, please ass bitch. Go sit down. We see you relax. It's okay. You've been around just around for years. You've been waiting on this moment. If he can't make you famous, bitch, I ain't attention, bitch. I am the attention. Let's be clear. I ain't arguing with no bitch that's got cheap-ass lint ball carpet in their house <laughs> fucking on a, mil a billionaire, you freaky-ass bitch. <laughs> no, that, 
<laughs> no, if somebody says something that my carpet got lint balls, I'd be like, where's the closest bridge? Because like I don't, I don't. That's really personal to me. Like, and you fucking on you... a billionaire, but you got rugs, linty ones. You freaky ass. <laughs> and that's no. I'm sorry. She said. <laughs> We see you. Relax. It's okay. You've been around. Just around. That's all you've been is around. For years. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this woman in my life. And he said, she said, been waiting on your moment. If he can't make you famous, bitch, I can't. Let's unpack that. That's saying if Sean Diddy Combs can't, can't make you for- famous, what I'm you just ain't got it. You just ain't got it. I don't know that, what he sees in you, to be that honest. That is a deep cut. That is a deep cut. She said, I am, and that's why I'm so fucking with you niggas and ain't coming off him. I don't care how many pics you post. <laughs> Get that head, that bread, and leave, is what she posted. <laughs> and Gina said, suck my dick. I don't give a fuck. Uh, why you so <laughs> pressed, mama? And then she... Told us that she's Vietnamese and black. I don't know what they had to do with the argument. You still ain't shit. <laughs> you still been around and just around. Yeah, that Maybe did not. You could be Afro American. It will not matter. <laughs> what did that have to do with anything? I don't know. But <laughs> like, thanks. I'm an um, too. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was just so because I saw all the tweets like when they were happening, but I didn't know what. Young Miami was talking about. I just was liking stuff because it was funny. And then, because <laughs> I like the one about the carpet. Oh, that yeah. was funny to me. But then I went to like the trending topics and I saw that and I was like, what's going on? And the thing is, again, her name is just not, it's not ringing a bell for me. Like, again, if, if he can't make you famous, I can't. So it's just like, you know, and the thing is, so if you've been around, why all of a sudden you want to try this with Young Miami? Cause she young. I feel like cause she cause you know the other women that Diddy was with were like oh I mean except for Cassie, um but I feel like she cause I feel like Young Miami might be like the youngest. You no, know, I mean I'm probably wrong, um but she's young, so mm-hmm. she probably want to try her and be like this young dumb bitch. Cause I'm like I've never heard. Maybe I'm just not that deep into Diddy business, but I've never. <laughs> Here's what I'm gonna say. I don't think that girl actually has done anything to Carisha. I think Carisha was just like you too, Joe. You're being yeah, Joe. That's you're true. being Joe than normal, and you're being hyped because I was just with him publicly. So yeah. now, so it was one of those things where if I was Carisha personally, I would have ignored it because I'm like, but you wasn't after partying with us. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if you, but come, I don't know if she said something to her like outside of that posting picture. I don't I know wonder. if she said it either. Maybe what? Yeah, it could have definitely been something else. But she said, "Baby Daddy is hosting billboards," <laughs> so I think that's what um seemed to have done everything. I said, but things got messy Tuesday when Gina shared a pic of Brother Love's look on her cheek. So it's like maybe she just brother was trying. Love. Yeah, I don't know why they called him Brother Love. I think that's racist. Um, but <laughs> she, um, yeah, it seems like that is what ticked her off. Like you trying to now, because like it, 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 this, it creates this narrative that like he with Young Miami, but he ain't really serious about Young Miami because here, here she is too. So she's just trying well, to make sure people know. About you either. <laughs> And so she literally, what? I'm about to say, she's been doing this with Diddy for so 
long. She been back and forth with him and who and probably I have no doubt in my mind that Carisha got other people in her in her world right now. Like yeah. her and Diddy, I think they have fun together when they see each other, they toxic. And you know, I would date Carisha on and off too. Like if I had the option <laughs> to, she seems like a great time, like a good time in every way. So I'm just like, why? Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it's given nothing. Like, I looked at this girl, like, and I just don't understand. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Like, she, I really don't get it. Like, I'm looking at this picture of her. This is the one she shared. <laughs> that she, picture looks so, that don't even look like Diddy. She looked like she wanted to cause trouble. Like, look at her face. But that kiss on the cheek, first of all, he's kissing her hair. So it looked like he posed in like, hey, sis. Like, I feel like I've taken pictures like this with friends. <laughs> Yeah, and the way she was looking, she was like staring straight ahead. She was like, "This will get him." She said, "This she is look- for Carisha." <laughs> Lord of mercy. Well, she looked crazy. I just, <laughs> um, I just wonder what's gonna happen next. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like she's just gonna fade to black, just like Carisha said. If he can't make you famous, neither can I. If a billionaire can't make you famous, baby, you... That's wild, though, because usually people latch on to who billionaires date. But yeah, like, nobody had... I never heard anybody cover it. Like, I don't know if it was, like, media takeout maybe covered it. Like, I just didn't. But nobody has, like, covered it. They went straight to, oh, he's dating Carisha now. I just think that what really gets me is the use of the word muse. They said it's Diddy's muse. Yeah, muse for what, though? Am I missing something? Do, is anybody the, just a muse these days? And what the, What could he... How could he use a muse? He don't even do stuff like that no more. He don't He don't even make music no more. Like, I don't think he make clothes. He's just sitting in money. Yeah, and look. Listen, maybe just, some we don't know. I don't know. Again, we are not knee deep in Diddy's business. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that I was just, weird. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. And the girl got eighty one k followers. Like people just follow, be following anybody. To me, eighty one k in the world of influencers is not a lot. This <laughs> baby accounts that got more than that. Yeah, that's true. I don't. And you know got your it. ass out, so it's just like, well, what is it? I have no idea what's I happening. Mean, yeah, you're right. We just, I'm, I noticed like the fourth time we said we just not really in Diddy business like that. It just <laughs> concerns her, maybe you know, young Miami. Let us and, know. Did y'all know? If y'all know Gina, if y'all like, let us know. <laughs> um, so let's get into some Black Lives Matter scandal. <gasps> Child, Child, I want my money what back. What are you using our money for? Like, so yes. let's. Reclaim, look, we are reclaiming Black Lives Matter because they do. Like, we're just not going to stop saying that. But, like, yo, yeah. for for a long time, people have been, like, arguing with me about, like, oh, Black Lives Matter, they are so corrupt. And I'm like, I get that as an organization, there could be some corruption, and I will not question that. But the actual sentiment that Black Lives Matter cannot be, like, overshadowed by that. And yes. it might be just one of those things we have to say. And when we think about donating, donating to specific organizers 
or donating to like um more reputable uh fundraisers like NAACP. Uh there are so many. There are so many different organizations and bell funds and youth programs. There's so many different places that yes. support black folks. So it don't have to just be that. But it's shit is getting messy because Black Lives Matter founder Patrice Cooler some evidence has shown that she paid her baby father damn near $1 million for creative services. Her brother, over 800K, so almost $1 million for security. A fellow director, $2.1 million and reimbursed <gasps> the organization $7,300 for a charter flight. So they was, I guess she just got shea butter for brains or something where she thought that people <laughs> wasn't going to be digging in on this shit. So, yeah, because people she, don't think Black Lives Matter anyway. So, like, you definitely going to be under the microscope of what you're doing with the money. Yeah, they said she resigned because she was facing scrutiny surrounding the charity's funds. <laughs> no shit. If you paying your baby dad, like, damn, I know you love your man, but you got to be paying him $1 million for creative services. She really loved that man. What was he doing? What was he doing for creative services when he got a damn Millie? Like what? Cause they social media don't be giving. Like, so what is what, or what else? I know this is ignorant, but I really I barely knew they were like an organization as much as it was a movement. Like I'm like, yeah, this is a movement. Like I'm like, okay, makes sense for a movement to have like a home base for people to be able to like get money. But like mm-hmm. I think whenever I donate, it's never to Black Lives Matter. It's always to like Bell funds and shit like that. It's always yeah, to same. locals and it's very Philly based. Like, remember when Black yeah. Lives Matter stuff happened and you were sharing, like, it was, like, Philly-based or, yeah. in the case of George Floyd, it was, like, Minneapolis-based. Like, you know, things, like, local. Yeah. But it's just wild that this person has a... One thing I don't like is the words state attorneys general. I don't like them words. And that's who digging into her shit right now. <laughs> That is so frightening to me. That when the is. state's attorney general, like, and she just was freaking out about Candace Owens being on her front porch. Uh, the owner. You got <laughs> bigger fish to fry, lady. Like, people do not play. The one thing the government, you can probably murder somebody, but the government, when it comes to federal crime, they do not play. And when it's big money, like big livable wages. And you're black. And you're black, you are going to jail for a long time. Like, I don't understand. Like, that is something that, like, I feel like I've known since I was a kid. Like, I feel like, like, y'all don't, like, do you understand? Like, you, like, any crime, whatever. But when you do something with money, like federal crimes, it's not, it's, it's going to be bad. Ooh, okay. So what happened was, sorry, she made a video crying, saying she is not safe. Like, Candace Owens showed up in the front on her front porch and blah, blah, blah. And she like, me and my family are not safe. My first response, before I even get into what Candace Owens said, is take some of that damn money you done stole and get yourself some security. Because, what? wait, wasn't she paying security? Like, yeah, eight- yeah. Damn near a million dollars. So it was like, so what? It was her brother too. So it was like, you need to tell Big Bro to be posted up on the porch. I don't know what to say. (laughs) But so Candace Owens said that she brought 
a film crew with her to the residence um, place because she's making a documentary about the finances of Black Lives Matter, which will be released on May 23rd. The Black Lives Matter Foundation Network has ranked a whopping $90 million in donations in 2020. Uh, she said, remember, she fake cried and said, I harassed her. She's a liar. Not you making a, a side with Candace Owens. Come on now. I've never in my life. That's Patrice, bad. you need your ass beat. You really do. That's so bad. You do. And you need to tell us where the rest of the money is now. <laughs> yeah, like, hand it over. $90 million. And you, and the one that's the, the person that got one of the fattest checks is security. And no, we're, for security for what? But you know what? Now I'm getting mad. Because if you got $90 million, never mind. I'm about to say, look at this crochet. That's why I don't like. I don't like when rich people don't have their hair done right. That's actually, <laughs> I know that we're not supposed to be talking about this, but this black girl talk real quick. Like, I just feel like if I can afford to get my, my shit laid the right way, there's no reason you shouldn't be. When I, ain't got I don't know if she was trying dollars. to lay low. She succeeded. If that's what she was trying to do, she was trying to do. She did a damn good job. <laughs> good for her. All right. Well, it's out of our hands. It's into the feds' hands at this point. Yeah. Oh no, the state attorneys generals. <laughs> yeah it's nothing I could do for you mamas cause like that's when federal I feel like that's something that, especially black people like I feel like you know like from the rip you don't do nothing with money but also like the bottom line is you're supposed to be making a difference in the black community not using it for your own personal gain you don't have the heart uh, it, does, it doesn't seem as if you have the heart to do what you say you're doing Yeah, like, and that, that that's, that's fucked up like when when we had the opportunity to, we did what the fuck we said we was going to do with it. Exactly. So I just don't think that that's like right to to do when there's so many, so many black people who need money right now. It's mm-hmm. so much you could have done with ninety, almost one million dollars, two million dollars. You you were just throwing money around to people, being a fuck slick, and people keep being like, well, white people do it. That's not the it's fucking not point. The point. <laughs> it's not good when. If we comparing ourselves to them, everything gonna be corrupt. We're trying to stop them, and we can't stop them if we do shit ourselves. Like y'all act like fucking kids. You know when your mom tell you not to do something, and they be like, "But so and so down the street, do I'm gonna tell you just like my mom told me. I don't give a fuck what they doing. Worry about yourself." (laughs) Exactly, and then don't make it right that they do it. Does anyone care about the morals? Anyone give a fuck? Anyone give a shit about that? About what's right and wrong? They don't. Like, you're not gonna that's, make me feel crazy. <laughs> that's like no, that's sick. Because it was people who was giving money under like the impression that they were doing something good. You know? Yeah, it could have been people who didn't even have a lot too, because they exactly. felt like they were doing something for the culture. It's just it's really sick, and it also makes people not trust other don't like other organizations and other causes. And like Juneteenth is coming up, and one of the main things people want to do is donate. But now they're going to be super like hesitant about where they donate to. And yeah. you know, for me, the direction I always give is do something something local do something local or if you don't know where like which organization or charity to donate to find a GoFundMe or mm-hmm. something like that like find like you know someone who's who's tr- uh, individual 
who need some money. Find a black trans woman to give some money to. Find a, a black a restaurant to give some money to. Find a black mm-hmm. owned business or a black artist to support. But don't start allowing corrupt people because here's the thing about black people, we're human. So it's going to be, not all of us are going to do the right thing all the time, but that doesn't mean that there aren't issues that, you know, still need financial backing. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's, uh, let's scoot on into Brandy versus Jack Harlow. Huh? (laughs) Um, that was not on my bingo card. Like it's just getting weird. So Jack Harlow uh, was, sorry, his TMZ article says Jack was chopping it up with his OGs <laughs> at Hot 97. Just when it came normal. out, chopping it up, when he came out that he didn't realize Ray J and Brittany were actual siblings, which sparked another cultural debate because he's white and he's a rapper. And that's what's going to happen. Is he though? Yeah. Well, you know. According to them people, he he a rapper. So, you know, it's being white and being a rapper is going to put you in a position where people are going to make you pop your back to mm-hmm. to prove that you deserve to be here. Because not only is he a rapper, like he's doing really well and trending from a from a TikTok standpoint. And there are you know probably better rappers who aren't you know performing in those ways, but. I'm not necessarily mad at Jack Harlow, right? Like, he's just a young kid out here. He's not doing it. If you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at the people that's giving him attention if you're not a fan, you know? Yeah, I'm pissed so, at the people giving him attention. <laughs> so when when he <laughs> said that, people fool. were just like, see, he don't even know about the, the music or the culture. He's just in it. But also, he's 24 years old. I remember the time when I found out that Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson were siblings. And it was when I was in, like, middle school. And I know that that's young. He's 24. But I was like, everybody was mad at me and my family. Like, how you ain't know that? I'm like, I just didn't grow up. I didn't grow up in the 70s. <laughs> I didn't know it. And they never was together when I was younger. I've never seen them on the same screen together. Like, they have two separate identities as siblings. That's wild, though. You might have to know that. But Mommy it's so, getting annoying. <laughs> it was annoying me because I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know what nobody tell me? Like, but also, you're not in the music industry, so. But. People <laughs> wanted me to be born knowing that they was like siblings. Like, I just didn't know. I but, knew because um the Michael Jackson movie and Scream. See, I wasn't uh, watching. um I watched Scream, but I thought they was just partnering up to dance. <laughs> they and, got the same bug eyes. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I also couldn't tell who looked alike. Like, when people said I looked like my dad, I didn't see it. It's so stupid. It's a perfect storm for me to just not know. <laughs> so I just didn't get it. Um, and I didn't watch the Jackson 5 movie when I was in middle school. Like, I was watch, I'm going to watch a Lizzie McGuire in the prom. My mom, like, my mom was like, sit up and watch this craziest <laughs> six-hour movie. That movie had me so scared. I did start watching that movie when I was in, like, seventh or eighth grade. And I will watch it on the phone with, one, like, my, my middle school best friend. And it was like, damn, good luck staying up. But I did watch What's Love Got to Do With It really young, which is a really not a good movie. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, anyway, Jack Harlow did not know that Brandy and Ray J were siblings, and everybody got mad for maybe fair reasons. Well, Brandy found out about this news one week later <laughs> and decided to say, 
on Twitter, I will murk this dude in red at 43 <laughs> on his own beat and then sing his ass to sleep. Whoa. It's like that escalated really fast. Yeah, that is also like you gotta watch yourself when you become when you are older person. Like, because you sit can sound real kooky real fast. And it's just like she sound really weird. I will like just laugh or like either say nothing or be like, who? I don't know who you are even. <laughs> like her saying like He didn't say I, that though. He didn't say he didn't know oh, who he she said, was. Oh, he, yeah, said he, he said he didn't know, didn't know they, they were siblings. siblings. Yeah. yeah, or she could have said, I didn't know you were a rapper. Like something like that. I didn't even know. Even that would have been like or, damn. Just don't or don't say nothing. Don't you, say nothing. Yeah. She you said 43 years old. She said, I will murk this dude. Last time I checked, murking. So she <laughs> killing. Is killing. And another thing you got to watch is saying you would kill somebody on their own beat when you have killed someone. Sorry to bring it up. <gasps> I forgot. Sorry to bring it up. I'm so sorry to bring it up. But you really got to be careful when you have done it. You can't have normal conversations after that, whether it was on purpose or not, which we know she didn't mean it and it was an accident. But you need to be, I think personally, if I actually, you know, I would never say certain words. Like I would kill him on his own beat. Like, no, 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 no. Don't say that. You, <sighs> it just felt like it was like, you ever have somebody in middle school, like you say a joke and they, but like, I will beat you up. And you like, whoa. <laughs> You ever had that? Like someone who just don't yeah. know how to respond to things the right way is, and they make things uncomfortable. And that I, made me feel like she was the problem with her and Monica. <laughs> I've, I've been new that she, I think what she was doing is being annoying and Monica just couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that. Like don't respond or whatever, or like just, I don't know. Or say something funny. Like, just be... It's so many, like... I don't think Brandy really funny. I think she only funny when she being shady or, like, she's unintentionally. Like, I don't think she is funny. So, Brandy, can you stop licking your lips? It's like, that's not... <laughs> really? <laughs> like, I don't know why I did it. <laughs> and you were real close to the camera, and I'm, I can't ignore it. I can't... I can't ignore it. I'm sorry. My bad. Because my lips feel so smooth right now. I'm like, ooh. My you bad. My bad, y'all. I'm going to tell you mine. Freaked out. Um, <laughs> the funniest thing to me is that somebody, I was watching like this little clip of them covering it, and the person goes, The funny thing is that Brandy can't rap. And then they showed <laughs> a recent clip of her rapping on her show. What was it? Hip Hop Queens or something like that. I don't know. That show got canceled. But it was very embarrassing. It's just like the one thing you're going to do is sound 43 when you say, I'll murk this dude. <laughs> That is so embarrassing. I wonder if like I feel like I don't know what I don't know what generation she is, Gen X or whatever. Um, but I whatever that means. Um, I feel like them people are more liable to be embarrassing when they get older. I don't know. I'm hoping like our generation will be more hip to stuff. I feel like a lot of us are because like I feel like with like millennials, we're more self-aware. We, um, unfortunately are self-deprecating too. And we also like make the joke before it makes us or whatever. Mm -hmm, Cause we're well so, aware of how we'll circulate on social media. Exactly. So I feel like 
excuse me, we aren't lot and I, I besides Bow Wow, he's a different case. Um, he acts like a boomer, but anyway, um, <laughs> I forgot he was like a rent. He older than us, but we the same generation. And he's just corny. That's just problem. corny. So I feel like some of us are liable. Like when we get that age, that we'll like be able to make jokes or like say something or whatever. Um, but that just missed the mark. It was weird, and I'm like, now you. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> it was weird. And now you gotta be taking up for Jack Carlo, who I don't even like. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like leave him alone. He only 24. You said you gonna mark him. He probably was but like, what the hell? Defend, he don't look 24. <laughs> My she, jaw probably dropped. Thought, she probably thought 37 year old man was getting slick. <laughs> That's what I because like. to be honest, when I saw that he was younger than us, I, my jaw dropped. I did not know he was that much younger than me. I don't get it. I don't get. What is he doing with Drake? I don't get it. Just being cor- like, just they just being two corny white men. I mean, sorry, being <laughs> being corny. Just being. No, too you corny. said it right. <laughs> and Drake just, just love it because he can mold. Because Jack Carlo is a dick eater, so he can mold him. He's One thing I will excited. say is I feel happy that Drake is being himself right now. You know? The thing is, I do like that, that he is himself. He's not afraid to be like, you know, corny. No, um, and, I respect it. Because people was talking shit about him when he was being a thug, quote, quote. Like, I was like, when was he being a thug? What are you well, he about? wasn't being a thug, but he would say little things. Like, what was he like saying? Oh, he want to <laughs> be in, I know he want to be in the shootout so bad. <laughs> he said 21 years and I ain't never met a good cop. This was like girl, back in the day. Please. Back in the day. Anyway, girl. So, um. <laughs> but he, but people was like, "You ain't from. You from Canada? You was on the grassy." So it's like now he acting like he from Canada, and people hated that too. They hate that too. But I'm like, but he's leaning into himself, which is honestly my dream for everybody. Like he's being a lover boy. Like he's being like light exactly. skin, and it's just I love it. I, it makes me that cringe so hard that I can't stop watching. That, but because I know he be he happy. He's happy. Exactly. But Jack Harlow, like, what are you? He just like you know, he have like I'm just for Drake. Like, I just can't believe he's that much younger than this. I'm like, somebody lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, but uh, yeah, Jack said, I do know who you are. Like, he he pretty much was like, it's not, I said Jack said, like, I'm going to call this Jack. I get busty. I said Jack said. That even said, I didn't even know who I was talking about. Anyway, I'm moving on from the story. I just, it just got bizarre. It was very bizarre of Brandy to say that to me. <laughs> let's get into the sunken place i'm gonna be honest i'm so excited i'm so excited for the sunken place this week because um <laughs> cara delamine is in the sunken place for stalking megan the stallion at the billboard award just being a big old creep she was <laughs> like, being so obnoxiously annoying she was being so nasty so sweaty so clammy so in your face. It's just, it was a nightmare. She was acting it was a like nightmare. a weirdo kid. Like, I am keep going back to high school because it's always, <laughs> it's a great example in high school. Mm-hmm. She's been that one girl that you be kind of nice to and then she yeah. keeps she keep sitting next to you and doing shit that's embarrassing you. But because you're not no mean person, you just mm-hmm. feel like maybe if I just ignore it, she'll go away. And it's like, no, bro, she you won't. about to put me in a position. And also, she was near Megan and Doja Cat, but she was dressed ugly, so it looked weird. <laughs> like, she was dressed so, like, 
she just looked, I don't know what's going on with her. Like, I, first of all, sidebar, I knew she was kind of weird when I watched her Architectural Digest video. Her house, she, she was on there twice. She has two different houses. Both look like if you gave a kid money. Mm-hmm. And they was like, what is your dream home? And like child, like think of your childhood home. Like I want to make it out of candy. Like that's how her house. <laughs> like I want fruit roll ups for rugs. Like Ew. it was like so, like you know, as a kid, like you think of like you see Willy Wonka once, and you like that's what I want. I want my house to be like that. Yeah, that's how not only one, but both of her house. Like she don't have like a kooky house and a sane house. Both of them have intense energy. So from that, I knew um, it's something, you know, you because know, before it's weird. I don't know what is happening. Like the phenomenon with somebody is gorgeous. You don't see them speaking or whatever like that. You're like, they're an enigma. Then once they start flapping their gums. And having a personality, you go, ooh, tuck that, away. <laughs> tuck that away. Because I used to be on t- like OG fashion Tumblr. And I remember when Cara Delevingne like first came onto the scene. Uh, also, she is a um, she she's a rich kid, mm-hmm. um, so that's how she became a model. Um, but like she's an heiress actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing her. I'm like, she is beautiful. Like everybody, like that's when people like was like, oh, we want thick eyebrows. Like she is the moment. Like whatever. And then things got weird. Um, so weird. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to, you know, speculate anything. Um, I mean, I already said a tweet, so I did speculate, but <laughs> on air, I don't want to say. Yeah, but you know, I, you're trying to give some grace for her to have some mental health or substance issues. Like, you but know, it's just like when people, I'm sorry, and I know no amount of money can do whatever, but like you can like. When you have money and stuff like that, you, there's things in place where you can get help. And, and you can't annoy other people to death. That's and you the can't annoy people, especially black women. Because no, if you look at the people. video and the stuff, it's like, regardless how, you, regardless how you feel about her or whatever, a video surface of her like licking, like pretending she was licking Azalea Banks when she was performing on stage. It, she was doing a lot. So I'm looking at this video. Like, BuzzFeed kind of get it played by play. It says, the night kicked off with a red carpet where Kara was seen making strange faces and lurking behind Megan Thee Stallion <laughs> in the background of all her pictures. This bitch is literally, like, I don't know if you can see it. Like, you see yeah, it behind. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's she lurking. Like, She's lurking. <laughs> she, like, peeking behind, watching Megan Thee Stallion take pictures. And then she decides to bring her ass into the frame and, like, play with Megan Thee Stallion's train. And I just feel like she knows that Megan is the moment. And she's just like, hmm, let me use this black woman who's so hot as an accessory and that I can't have fun with her tonight. And then, like, she just left into the frame and she started playing with Megan Thee Stallion's train. And, you know, Megan is friendly. I would have been like, you put that down? Exactly. Do like, that was a custom dress. move. That was a custom blur dress. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. Cause I'm be honest, if I had a custom Mugler dress, I would have been in the. I would have been dreaming about my red carpet moment from the time I knew it was being made to the time I put that shit on. The time I and if let me see a scrawny, bushy, eyebrow white woman get. Oh, you best to put it down now, right? 
put it down and get I away from me. I would have been so freaking pissed. It would have took what? one stare, and she would have never wanted to sit near me again. But the thing is, and shout out to Rex. Rex said this earlier that Megan might have not wanted to say anything because there's like this big hate campaign going on right now with Megan Thee Stallion. So she has to like, you know, be nice, you know, whatever. And like, she is a friend. And also like, I believe that. And also she's just a friendly person. I think that she's just a friendly person. She's just a friendly person. Like she not like, cause me, even if it was a hate campaign going on against me, I wouldn't care. That's it. I'd be waiting. Like, there has been times like um a white woman touched my hair um when I was working and I was like um no 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 I was like I am not a dog like she asked me she's like can I pet you whatever and I was like yeah I'm not a dog and like that was me being mild like because I had <laughs> I had lost my job for um arguing with a white woman previously so that was me holding back me saying that that was me holding back um but if somebody like that's just who i am like but i mm-hmm. feel like she's just a friendly person and yeah. i feel like i want to take up for her like she's oh, it's a cool. lot of people like that who are just friendly but i definitely feel like she was starting even into her then somebody pulled some receipts saying that even at the met gala she tried to kiss megan sorry megan sorry pushed what? her away yeah and then when like it was like doja cat and megan were having their own the moment as two like female rappers and like Kara like stuck her tongue out real crazy and they both like looked at her and like that's when Megan started looking a little irritated she just was like playing with her hair like looking around like this is awkward as shit like she wasn't saying nothing she's just looking around and Doja like kind of laughed at her like what the fuck and then I saw some video of her being a menace towards little Kim I'm like now not that one yeah like what the hell I know Megan was just being nice. But I'm talking about, like, let's just say, for example, she did it to me, right? Let's just say. I am so nasty that I wouldn't have been able to hide it. Like, I really wouldn't have been able no, to hide same, it. Same. I, I wouldn't um, have been able to hide way. it. And, like, I have been punished, too, for, like, speaking up. And I, I got something wrong with me because I can't, like, once something is annoying, I can't ignore it. Like, you don't have a right to bother me, is what I'll be saying to myself. Like, you don't have a right to to just be in my space and be touching me and sticking your tongue out and, and being a nuisance when mm-hmm. I am not checking for you. So, mm-hmm. get the hell on. I mm-hmm. don't care. I, will, I, I dream of hurting an heiress's feelings. Like, <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, let me humble you right quick. Let me humble. Let me tell you how we do it on planet Earth. You, exactly. You, 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 it's boundaries. Because she just remind me of the first. This is when TikTok first, not TikTok, Vine first came out. And this white girl had her in my class, had her phone in my face. And she was like, Sabria, do something funny. Do something funny. Say something funny. And I was like, slavery is over. And everybody in the class was like i took it too far like they didn't say it but everybody was like oh and like she was like her feelings was hurt but i'm like how do you think that i feel i'm the only black woman in this class and you're shoving your phone in my face and you're telling me to entertain you you said you basically what i hear is dance monkey dance so it's like people like that's why i don't care about hurting people feelings like that no because it would have been exactly it would have been a dream to me to tear to like to tell her off it would have been a dream for me i would have snatched that train out her hand so fast i'd have been like what are you doing 
Yeah, or like, don't do that. Because like, and also, again, like, a lot of people, and like, again, this is not disrespecting Megan Science say and like, you know, whatever. But like, certain people do not try me because it just give off not friendly. Exactly. Yeah, same, same. And I feel like that's... And at first, as a black woman, I felt like, um, like, I felt bad about that because I'm like, oh, like, I'm giving off this, ang-. like, some people, because people were constantly, like, they're like, oh, I thought you were like this and a certain conduit. But, like, as I have gone older and becoming comfortable in, like, it's okay to be a black woman to be angry. It's okay to be a black woman to be mad. It's okay to be a black woman to have all these different complex feelings. I realized that it's power in that. Like giving off that energy with don't fuck with me. Yeah, it's definitely that. And you can still be friendly or kind enough and res- mm-hmm. you can be respectful, but not mm-hmm. be friendly. And <laughs> that's exactly. just it. I don't have exactly. to be friendly towards you. All I have to do is be respectful. Exactly. I don't have to be welcoming and warm and a mammy. Not again, not saying that Megan Thee Stallion is a mammy, but mm-hmm. I often think that people come to black women expecting an experience, and I don't have to exactly because I feel like what experience. she was doing has opened up like a whole like can of worms of like you know, yeah. I mean, there was videos, but yeah, because people were saying like, oh, they're friends because like it was a video like Megan Thee Stallion was saying to her, like, come on, girl, like the thing is, she's gonna be nice. She's and also, nice. come on, girl, and that voice is me trying to be nice, but also get you together. Yeah, because she was, they was walking together, and she was doing something, and Megan was something like, come on, like, come, like if you're going to come with me, then come, like, you know? She, and she might fuck with her on a real chill type of time, but for real, it's just, she was doing too much. She was doing too much. She was being a menace. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> All right. Well... I hope she gets some help because that's what she need. You, she behaving too unusual in my opinion. Yeah, she really is. So let's get in to common sense, shall we? So this week we're just talking about a very adult thing, and I know almost everybody listening is gonna be able to relate to it. But what do you do while you wait? What do you do while you're waiting for? You know the dream job, but you're working your survival job. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you are working on getting to a certain uh, p- apartment, but right now you're living in an apartment that you don't love? What do you do when you are on a weight loss journey or, you know, you are changing your body in some type of way, changing your image in some type of way, but the body you're in, the image you're in, you're uncomfortable. How do you wait comfortably and, and and wait with gratitude so that you aren't miserable while you're doing what you have to do to get where, where you want to be? Like, how, exactly. how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And um, because you should be happy no matter where you are in life, because it's mm-hmm. like, wow, as soon as you get that dream job, it's going to be something else you're lacking. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as you get that dream relationship, it'll be something else you're lacking. So it's yeah. almost as if you don't have, if you're not already happy, you won't be so it's like how do you, how how do we manage those complex feelings not that mm-hmm. we know the answer as much as we're gonna talk through it and try to yes. figure it out because i know me personally like i wanted to talk about this because that's something that i struggle with personally like i'm always wanting more i'm like oh i have this well, i want but i don't have this i don't have this i don't have this and i don't want it to become a cycle where I'm just never satisfied, I'm never happy, I'm always comparing myself to this person, this person, um, or, you know, comparing myself to, like, people 
my well you know this person is younger than me but they have this that, and the third blah 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 like I want this to end and that and you know working on that will help me get to the things that you know at the top of the show where I said the four things that I hope for my third because I'm like now that I'm 30 all this shit has to end like this has to stop Mm. because I did it my whole I literally did it all of my 20s and I did it in and I did it as a teen too so I'm like at some point you gotta call it quits you know Mm -hmm. so um the first thing is how to be happy when you're doing what you have to do so you know again like with doing what you have to do um an example would be like a survival job um something that you feel like you might feel like you're overqualified for or you're not getting like the money you want or whatever but it's something that you have to do to maintain you know to pay those bills to like you know be able to um take care of yourself like what do you do to remain happy in that um for me I'm gonna say like what I want to do um I want to not get so obsessed with what I'm doing um as like for the the job that I'm doing um as a means as survival I don't want to get so obsessed with it and like put all of myself in it that I neglect the things that make me happy because I have done that in the past um I like stop dressing like in the style that I dress um I stopped like you know writing um like wasn't really going out and stuff like that like I want to find that true balance um in order to make myself happy and also like if I get you know criticism or something at the place don't take it to heart because I'm somebody that I want to do everything that I do 100% and like even if it's something that's not my dream I feel like I have to give 100% because I'm like I have to look good always Mm -hmm. but the thing is when you do that sometimes you lose a part of yourself and it's not fair to you you burn yourself out asking you to give that much like exactly if you gave half that would you still be doing your job yes would anyone complain about you no you probably still would be doing more than the average worker exactly so for me I feel like that's important to like focus on the things that make me happy and the things that like just having a my goal is to have a body of work like you know I just was thinking about it like Black Girl Brunch like it's very exciting and there's been like times where I felt like oh like I'm not equipped to do this or you know whatever I don't feel like smart enough whatever but this is a body of work that we have created and it's something to show like we have something to show and that is so exciting because I know for me sometimes, and I know Iman has mentioned this to me as well, we don't finish stuff mm. and we start stuff and don't finish it. And like, mm. this is something that there's no end to it. It can only get better. And this is something that we have been so consistent with no matter what, like we have worked crazy hours, like worked in places that were like too far, like very far. Like we have like, gone through like you know the the stuff of the pandemic but no matter what we have always been consistent with it and that is something to be proud of so I feel like that um that's something that I have to keep like you know like noted like you have this body of work but there's other things like you know with my writing like I want to have a like concrete body of work and like be able to show like this is the work that I've done this work that you know blah 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 and I also want to um 
start going to like like doing volunteer stuff like just even on my days off like you know if I'm like tired or something still do this what makes me happy because what I realized is like with getting tired you you feel tired in a moment but once you get there and get out there you're you're good so I have to keep on remind just remind myself this so I feel like that will like keep me happy doing something that I have to do no, I, I love all of those things, um, especially about like just finding opportunities to always like grow and, 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 and make sure you're doing your dream. Um, For me, I just feel like happiness is really, really important to me. Like I want to be happy every day and I know every day can't be a good day, but you know, mm-hmm. some days are just rough days, but yeah. I really try to find the silver lining like in every single day, no matter what's going on, like even if like this is so crazy, even if like somebody passes away, I look up and I say, but at least I don't have to go through this by myself mm-hmm. and I'm going to find joy in it. Like mm-hmm. I got hurt today or I don't feel good today, but at least I got people in my life that want to take care of me and see me do well. At least mm-hmm. I have insurance. Lisa have and like that is just like I'm just somebody who is always optimistic always 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 optimistic Mm -hmm. and I I think I don't know I think I might just be wired this way and I get scared if I'm not optimistic because if you really feel hopeless that's when it becomes easy to like not want to be on earth anymore you know yeah and hopelessness is a very real feeling but i fight that shit like the plague like i don't want that i don't want to feel hopeless i don't want to feel hopeless so i think i just have been practicing being optimistic to avoid hopelessness Mm -hmm. um so for me like when i'm waiting i always try to find some joy like right now i think from like if i'm being fully transparent like i have not everything that I want, but I have a lot of my needs being met. But the one need that I don't have met is just kind of like from a romantic end. And I know that that is something you cannot rush. It's something you kind of have to wait for. Um, And I put myself out there, like I date different people, but I undeniably, I just don't feel that feeling that I want to feel, you know? So I've always, I'm just trying to wait gracefully and and not get caught up. And so what I do is I remind myself of the things that I, I just keep telling myself that every day I'm waiting, like the time I have to myself is closing up. So mm-hmm. I try to think about the fact that like, while you do want this romantic partner or whatever, that is another responsibility. And right now you don't have to deal with that. You know, mm-hmm. right now you do get your bed to yourself right now. Like there are some perks to, you know, just being a single woman who gets to focus on my projects, who gets to focus on my work, who gets to focus on my body right now. Yes. I want that family. I want that baby. I want all those things. But right now, if you, when you get sick, you just focus on yourself. You don't have to focus on anyone else. So it's just about mm-hmm. being where my feet are, being very present in the moment and not wanting that other thing so bad that I can't appreciate the good things that are happening in my life right now. Mm-hmm. That's just what I always try to think about. Like, what about right now is great? What am I, what am I thankful for? What do I have today that I didn't have yesterday? what 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 was I like and just I can't think of a time in my life when I didn't want something that's another thing like I never was had like fully satisfied ever 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 like in high school all I wanted was freedom when I was in college all I wanted was to graduate 
when I graduated. All I wanted was to have a job. I got a job. All I wanted was more money. All I wanted was an apartment. All I wanted was a family. So it just becomes like clear that you will never not want something really, really bad and feel like you're waiting for it. So be peaceful, be graceful, and be like, be present. Look around. Look Mm -hmm. around. (laughs) Like, that's just where I met with, you know, like waiting peacefully. Um, And I guess, like, what are the benefits of doing what you have to do so? You can do what you want to do. I think this is an important question because when you have that survival job or when you're single and you're doing the right thing, the one thing that keeps you patient is realizing why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, I feel like like learning, an opportunity to learn, um, it's always good to learn, you know, different things. And also, like, sometimes stuff, like... In the moment that you feel like you have to do, like, you know, your survival job is, like, preparing you for the thing that you really want to do. Like, I know, like, you know, shout out to everybody who was laid off. <laughs> but, like, if you're somebody who, like, you know, been laid off and, like, you haven't worked in a while and, you know, you get that job where, you know, this is, you know, what I'm going to do in the meantime, X, Y, Z, it gives you time to, like, get back in there. Because if you, like jump back into something that like you know a career shift or something like that you might you might think that you're ready but you might not be you know so I feel like an opportunity to um like learn things and also like just uh like if you if you're somebody who feel like you know like me for instance like felt like my fight has like I felt like you know my like ambition and stuff like I was getting like you know was fucked with um you could get that back like you can get like you know your motivation back and you like because you have that determination like I'm not gonna stay here so I feel like you get you know you learn and you become determined so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like you know a plus oh for sure for sure like I think the learning is the what's most important especially as it relates to like a survival job Mm as like it's every job you have is teaching you skill sets to get to your next step as long as you you position that opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. I don't care if you work at a grocery store I don't care when I I tell people all the time I learned my most in retail I've learned my most in retail why because you're 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 forward facing with so many different types of people you have to learn how to to deal with people you have to learn with conflict management from both the 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 public and the people inside you have to learn sales a lot of times and what is sales and marketing are like the same thing the same Mm -hmm. like working in retail has made me better at my like office job because you start to learn all right, what, what's important to this person and how can I now put that in the forefront and make all of my stories around that? You learn how to tell a story when you're in retail. And guess what? You can take that storytelling and now you can go put that towards your marketing career. You can go put that towards your interviewing. You can go put that towards writing. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you're not a negative Nelly and you <laughs> you you try to learn um also sometimes learning a new skill is really really hard and uncomfortable because you don't know you know what's going on so like you're waiting for that job where you can make a lot of money but you can't just get there through wanting it you have to get there through learning what it takes to be 
be that person. Like the only way out sometimes is through. And I don't know if I shared this on a podcast, but somebody recently told me that when you're doing a job or if you have something that you want to do, you can learn 10% of it from reading. So all the podcasts and the articles, that's you're only going to learn 10% of the industry doing that. The other, then you learn about 20% through mentors. So the people that you hit up on LinkedIn, on Instagram, you go, mm-hmm. hey, can I talk to you? You learn 20%. But that 70% that you really learn the most is through doing. So sometimes you have to just do the work and think about how all your idols, all the people that you know who are really, really great at what they do, they had to go through the same thing. And that's what, and you start to kind of have more respect for those people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, like that they, they put in the work to be in this position. And that's why like they're here. And it starts to give, for me, I get more respect. Like I want to create some big things, but when I think about character development now, I'm like, yo, put some respect on anybody's who created like a book or a show or essay, put some respect on their name. Cause it's not easy, but the only way out is through, like I have to do the hard part. I have to be present and, and, you know, do my bid. Essentially. You mm-hmm. can't just skate in to what you want. It was not going to just fall on your lap and it's everybody has to work for something. That's just mm-hmm. it. True. Um, and then I guess we can talk about uh, mindset shifts or, you know, we kind of talked about mindset shifts and when we talked about being happy. So maybe <laughs> we can go to uh, things we didn't want to do in the past that we got over. Because again, sometimes when you're dealing with a rough thing, it can feel like the biggest thing in the world. But if you look in the past, you think about what were the things I didn't want to do, but I did anyway. And there was like a positive outcome. Um, honestly, I would say it's probably between, um, when I was, I'm going to say working while I was in, no, yeah, working while I was in school. Um, I felt like for some reason that like made me like, I felt like I can handle anything now, like, especially cause I did retail in New York and I feel like that kind of made me like a little bit tougher like um like being able to like handle certain things and like also like being able to be at work and move like very quickly um and also like it taught me the importance of urgency like at work like you can't like be whatever so like when I'm put in this position where I'm at work and it's like slow and stuff like that I don't know what I don't really know what to do because I'm used to like go 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 so that worked in that works for me because when again when I was at my last job, since I was in used to being in environments where you have to always be doing something, I was known for always doing something, even when we were slow. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was like kind of proud of that. And I know like I was proud of that because for the first time somebody saw like my hard work. Um, and I knew like it would pay off like sometimes cause I'm like, and it's become like who I am, like at work, like that's just the type of person I am at work. Like I've always been like that at jobs and like, in my most recent job, like it was work, like people were like, okay, you're always doing something. You're always moving around. Like I got that reputation. Um, also I would say like it was a tie between working in school um and also uh yeah and I worked my ass off and I um and I made the dean's list I only made it one year but I um worked my ass off 
and I was at his knees. It's like I was doing like both of those things, and I'm just like, you know, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Um, but what was I gonna say? And I was gonna say, um, it's between the college and my job because I didn't want to like my last job. I didn't want to work there. Like I did not want to. Like I wanted something else, and it honestly ended up being like a very great opportunity for me um and also like having that job in particular is a reason why I was able to get through the pandemic um and also like be okay financially up until literally like I would say like the like last year like the tail end of last year beginning of this year like because of that job like I made out like while you know other people you know had like you know hard troubles and stuff like that I was able to do pretty well because of their job um so that's why I'm like I know sometimes like I'd be like nah I don't want to do this but then like when I do something I'm like there's always like a shining light somewhere oh yeah for sure for sure it's always a shining light um for me it was working overnights That was one of those things that I hated every second of it. And I felt like it was torture to be fresh out of college and you work on Saturday nights and Sunday nights. Like what? I miss so much like with my friends. Um, But I ate it. Like I not only did I did do the shifts, but I would take on extra days when I was trying to like get an apartment. And it was me proving to myself that like, I'm going to stand on my own two feet in this world. Like that's just me. If it's hard, then it's going to just be hard because I need to get it. Like, I need to get my money. I need to make sure I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I look back and that was only a short period of time. Like, I was only on overnights for two years, but it just felt like every day that drive in at nighttime felt like a lot. But because Mm -hmm. of that, sometimes people tell me like, oh, like, you got to be here at 7 a.m. And I'm like, there's no time that is too late or too early for me to do what I need to do. And I think about like our careers and being where we want to be. Everything's not going to be nine to five. Some things are going to be overnight. Some things going to be on the weekends and some, and I, I got that, that mind frame earlier, early in life that like what I want going to have to happen when it's time to happen. And that Saturday night, a party ain't going to be worth it for me. So I'm happy that like, I was able to learn that so young that life isn't all about partying. If you say you want something, you have to put the work in to get it. And then another thing is like, I think that I have gone through so many phases of people not seeing me for who I, who I see myself as. Like, honestly, I think up until maybe last year, like for now, the people who were introduced to me, like through college and through the podcast, you know, I feel like they really helped me because the people who I've known since like childhood, they framed me in one way. Like they kind of framed me as this person. And it was essentially a character of a sidekick. Um, It was essentially somebody who was just a good girl. It was essentially somebody who was just kind of invisible to people because, you know, that's just what folks wanted me to be for whatever reason but in my heart I knew that that's not who I wanted to be and I just kept going despite nobody really close to me giving me any encouragement to so like that was uncomfortable because I just was like I don't know why people want to make me 
smaller than what I am? What, does, yeah, what they do they tripping. gain? What do they gain from me being smaller? I don't get it. But I kept going. And now I'm on the other end of that. And people know now that like I have watched people people's perspectives of me change and them admit it and them like give me that credit, which feels nice. I will not lie. But it's like once I've been able to get through people telling me, you're not really that girl, but I'm that girl anyway, that also is just like, <laughs> okay, cool. So what can I get through? What can I get through? Today will not oh today's price is not tomorrow's price. And things can change and you never know when. So you just gotta stay ready, stay present, learn and, and know what you want. And the fact that you're working on it, that's that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Just all that matters. Um but yeah, y'all, just just stay present, stay grounded. With the, what you want gonna come as long as you put the work in. And you only can put the work in if you're present. It's a it's it's hard, but you you have to. Yeah. So, yes, practice some mindful tips. Make sure y'all, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you're working on. Uh, you can hit us up on the email at blackgirlbrunch@gmail.com. Don't forget to send us some messy letters so we can read those comments. Please, because I was looking for some of the emails today. Y'all ain't seen none. Come I don't on. get it. Why is there no emails? I know y'all life ain't perfect now. Come on now. I know <laughs> something going on. Like, something's got to be messy with somebody. Like, come Please. on. Then send it to us on Instagram at blackgirlbrunch. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, that's our Instagram, Black Girl Brunch. And then Twitter, BLK Girl Brunch. Make sure you follow me on the gram at Imamate, on the Twitter bird at um, it's Mate Instagram. Uh, Frankenstein underscore on Twitter and it's Frankenstein on Instagram. All right, that's it. That's the show. Bye. Peace.